Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 96. This week we're answering more of your questions and asking, with or without Manu, what does the future of the England midfield look like? You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, two episodes on the bounce. Uh, we are definitely improving. And of course, joining me today as always is Dan. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. Well, you know, it's all started again. So things are getting interesting and it was a good week of rugby. And obviously, I don't need to remind you this, but as it's my uh, birthday tomorrow and birthday week, you know, we thought we'd uh, make the effort to get one out. But I'm sure you don't need reminding. I'm sure you and Lucy have been busy all week uh, shopping for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, is it all right if I wish you a happy birthday now? No, that's not even close. Except we'll day. probably put this out tomorrow, so therefore I'm effectively wishing you a happy birthday on the day. Yeah, I, I think you, you are well aware of anyone of the type of hissy fits I can throw. So you, you know, you do whatever you think is right. Do, what do you think Jesus would do? <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, okay, well, in that case, let's crack on with the episode and we can worry about your birthday tomorrow. Um, okay. So to get started, we actually had, we obviously read out a few uh, emails last week, um, but they were getting pretty long. Um, so we, we missed one. So we're coming back to that today. So this is in reference to episode 94. So not the last episode, but the one before. Um, it's from Joe Reed, who I think has been in touch with us before, but I could be wrong. And he says... No, I'm sure he has. Yeah, yeah. He says, uh, absolutely brilliant, top quality reporting on the DC situation. Not sure why both accounts can't be entirely accurate, i.e. George Ford's cousin planned it with Jimbo, the police officer. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, good to get another one so soon, especially with such great answers. Uh, The kicking slash captaincy makes sense. Uh, And May with Ashton was my thoughts as well. Uh, Just wanted your honest opinion, given the depth we seem to have when there aren't injuries about. I have no business knowledge. Uh, by the way, I only collected my GCSE results today. So one of our younger <laughs> right, listeners. I'm, I'm still pretty sure that I, I, Joe, I hope you did well in your GCSEs, mate. And I'm still pretty sure your business knowledge will be stronger than mine. <laughs> Almost definitely. Uh, <laughs> but he, he has more questions. So he says, more questions, uh, fewer this time. Figured you might have lots to talk about. What with Ashton's suspension, whatever happens with Cipriani and the upcoming premiership. Now, obviously, we've covered some of that because this is, as I say, a, a bit of a delayed response um, but he says yeah thoughts on Chris Ashton's suspension probably something you'll cover anyway but doesn't look great uh, we, I think we did cover it um, I think to be honest it was one of those things that happened at service time and, and not not too concerned about it you uh, well it's, it's actually something I've got I've got down to sort of dis- discuss at a bit more length because it, it, it is going to play a factor I think we've got to look at it if you look at the way some of the other people are playing uh, Ashton could be leaving himself, you, you know, a fair bit of work to do. True. All right. Well, we we can talk about that. Do, do, shall I go through all the questions then, and then we? We'll, we'll yeah, yeah. Go go off. through it all. Then we'll, then we'll go back. Yeah. Um, okay. So <clears throat> next, he says, "Would I be the first person to make the point that Dan Robson and Danny Cipriani will no longer be playing together at club level?" So whether there's a, a question mark there, I, I don't. Yeah, we can go into that. Uh, if you had the choice between getting Alex Good at fullback, but you have to play Mike Brown on the wing. At the expense of May or Ashton, uh, not necessarily losing them from the full twenty-three though, or having Mike Brown at fullback uh, with May and Ashton starting and Good nowhere in the team ever. 
which one would you choose? Uh, and he oh, says, if, if Manu Tuilagi were to get, God forbid, injured again, who's your first choice for 13? Um, both given our current options and if miraculously the All Blacks, apart from Tuilagi, were fit to play. What? Oh, uh, I think he means if all the backs. Uh, in fact, that's what he wrote. <laughs> if all the backs, apart from Tuilagi, were fit to play. Uh, as a follow-up, would you ever consider yeah. playing the person in combination with Tuilagi and putting Farrell at 10? Um, if Eddie doesn't pick Cipriani again. And I honestly don't think Eddie's the sort of bloke to do that. If he picks Cipriani, he did it because he wanted to, not because everyone else told him to. Great quality. Yet again, hope this hope these questions uh, are all right, Joe. For uh, for a young lad, he knows his rugby, doesn't he? He certainly does. Or or he's just you know he listens to us and we, you know he's learning a lot from oh, our, that, that must our, be it. our yeah, wealth yeah, that of experience. Yeah, it must be us. Yeah. So, um, should we start then with the Ashton stuff? As you've got some uh, some things to say there. Yeah, I do have some things to say there, and it's a good point. Initially, when it happened, so I don't think that Eddie is going to sort of not pick Ashton because he's been suspended. I don't think he'll pick based on behaviours. Like I, I don't think there'll be a behavioural aspect here. But where it does leave Ashton in trouble is you got to look at some of the performances now. If you look at, I'm not sure, Elliot Daly's try this weekend was absolutely brilliant. If he's playing well and he's potentially on the wing and Johnny May's scoring tries again, you've got to go with the guys who are on form and are performing and Ashton just won't have that chance to show it. So that's where I think... I guess the thing... You, you know, you could have some problems. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Daly... Lewington for Saracens as well is playing really well. The thing with Daly, though, is that um, Eddie, it, it seems, is pretty uh, pretty keen on having him at fullback. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Watson, you know, injuries looking like it's going to keep keep him out for, for even longer. So I, I think... I think at the moment he's, unfortunately, it kind of goes into another question late, later on, but unfortunately, I, don't, I just think uh, Alex Good is not um, is not in contention for some reason. Um, and therefore, I think you're looking at either Brown or Daly at fullback. And given what happened in South Africa, um, I, I think he's looking Daly at fullback. I, I agree with you, mate. I think he is looking Daly at fullback. <clears throat> I... I don't really understand. Another fullback who's been to Lockton is Woodward at Gloucester. Yeah. I don't really understand why he's not been looked at more. Um, but it, it's it's actually a really, it is an interesting point. So to answer that question with Alex Good and Mike Brown, I, I would probably go with, with none of the above. I would probably look at Daly at fullback, not because I don't think Alex Good should be there, because I think he should, but just he's not in contention. And, Although, like, yes, we do. Uh, what's our dream team? We've also got to look at things with a bit of, you know, a bit of clarity, a bit of reality and say, but I don't think he's in, you know, he's in the market for somebody else to come into that fullback position. So I think it's a straight shootout between Brown and Daly with I, I, Daly at the yeah. moment. Well, I still think that, you know, I said it back when they went to South Africa. I think Brown was there on the wing to offer support to Daly um, from an experience point of view. Um, and, and I think he's, his time with England might be coming to an end. That's the call I'm making. Um, I know he pl- obviously played well on the wing, but possibly that's because he had an inkling that this was, you know, going to be one of his one of his last few uh, 
outings in an England shirt. I, 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 yeah, I, I have a suspicion that there might be something there. So we'll, we'll watch this space and see if I'm, I might be completely wrong. But um, I wonder if uh, if Daly is going to be the new fullback, and you know, with the options available on the wing, whether Brown misses out completely. Because I can't see I, Brown on the, in the tw- I can't see Brown on the bench. I don't really see the value of having him on the bench. Eddie does love Eddie does love Mike Brown. He does, but Mike, but Mike I, Brown does offer something. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, my that's my prediction now. Anyway, we'll see. See whether I get it right or not. Um, okay, so moving on. So the next question he asked was about Dan Robson and Danny Cipriani no longer playing together. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean that's. The thing with this question is it's sort of irrelevant because apparently Dan Robson only gets selected in the squad, but no one actually wants to see him play. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> so they're not playing together. Will, will that make a thing? I mean, Eddie doesn't seem to put huge emphasis on the, you, you know, on those partnerships. Well, yeah, it's something yeah. we've spoken about before, hasn't it? Like, the you know, the partnerships and... I think there was a massive missed opportunity not to play Robson and Cipriani on the South Africa tour. Um, and if that hasn't happened now, I think the task is harder for Robson. Um, it, he it, does. It is harder, but he he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, the, the fact is he's he's yeah, so. he's shown that he's capable. He's the closest thing we have. If you're not going to play um, Danny Kerr for whatever reason, and we'll, and we'll see whether or not that's you know, anything gets turned around there. But if you're not playing Danny Kerr, you know, Dan Robson is is a bit like a Danny Kerr. He's a bit of a sniper. Um, and yeah. we don't have that. You know, if, if if Ben Youngs is the first choice, again, whether that is... Ben Youngs or not, can do that a bit. I, I don't know. I, I, I've always seen the Youngs-Kerr partnership working because they're quite different. Ben Youngs is a bit more uh, traditional. Danny Kerr's a bit more of a sniper, a bit more of a chancer. And, and the combination of the two, particularly if you're bringing Danny Kerr on for 20 minutes... Add you know adds that injection of pace and that injection of something that you need just to just to turn things around and I think if you play if you if you've got two guys who are quite similar um, then then the whole kind of bringing someone on for twenty minutes it doesn't offer anything new other than just you know a little bit more energy perhaps yeah do you think do you think Danny Care is going to get the call up I mean I, I it's never occurred to me he hadn't so he wasn't sort of picked for South Africa and then obviously at that first training camp or that first get together, he wasn't, um, well, he was marked as not available for selection for whatever reason. Yeah. I Um, I think we need to caveat this, but we don't actually know if there's more to it than simply not selected. I have read a few things that suggested that Eddie's told him he needs to go work on a few bits, but um, which would imply that Eddie's not saying, you know, you're not selected, but, you know, I still I still see you in, involved, but you need to go and fix a few problems first. Um, but I mean, we we initially when we heard the news assumed he must be injured or something, and then we looked into it and realised that wasn't the case. I didn't think he'd been playing particularly badly. I mean, I know Quinns had, didn't have a great season, so maybe it's maybe he's been looking at his club club form and decided that something was was lacking. Maybe it was about giving him a kick up the arse. But then you would have expected that he'd be back in the fold after the South Africa tour. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I hope he's still involved. I quite I like Danny Care, but equally, yeah, I, like Danny equally Care. I want to see Dan Robson. Uh, and I think if Dan Robson can go in and do that same sort of job, then may- maybe there isn't room for two, you know, Danny Care type players. Just like I don't think there's room for two Ben Youngs type players. I think you need that combination. So um, I, I hope Dan Robson gets a shout. 
but if he's not going to, then I hope Danny Kerr isn't completely uh, kind of cut off from the England side. Yeah, I, I hope not. I don't think he will be, but there have been a few flags raised of recent with regards to sort of Eddie's, Eddie's sort of almost dismissal of him. Um, but it could also depend on who, who is playing at 10, which I think was another question that well, you, uh, Joe mentioned. Yeah, it? so so he's saying um, if, uh, if so this is kind of a two-parter. So if Manny Tulangi was to get injured, now obviously we're making a huge assumption that Manny Tulangi is the starting 13 <laughs> if he's, if he's yeah. fit. And, and I suspect that that is the way that Eddie's going. Um, and particularly with, with Manu's current form, you know, he just, he's looking dangerous again. You know, he's not quite back where he was, but he's, get, he's getting there. Um, but he's saying, yeah, if Tulangi was to get injured and therefore not available uh, for England, two things. One, who would therefore be your next first choice 13 based on, I guess, Farrell at 12? And then the second part of the question is, even with Tulangi involved, is there an argument to suggest that Farrell at 10 with a 12 and 13 consisting of Manu, um, who would be the other, who would be his centre partner? So I think, I, so, so my, my feeling on this is, I mean, Cipriani again had a great week and another beautiful pass. I, I personally think the pass in the first week was better um than his his one last week. But I mean it's those moments of magic. Yeah, well that the passing that for the first week was was more considered. He had a bit more time. You you kind of you could see that, you know, he his brain obviously was working really quickly, but you could see he kind of looked up, saw the space and bang, pass went out. The second one was a bit more chancery, but you know, he 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 clearly was aware of you know whereabouts people were. And when the ball came to him, he didn't have time to look. It was it was just react and, you know, being the quality fly half that he is, he was able to react and put in a, a kind of perfectly floated ball to exactly where it needed to go. So they were very different, but both moments of genius. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's really had a good couple of weeks. He, he is something I special. Mean, I think we're both in agreement that our preference is Cipriani at 10, Farrell at 12. But to answer this it, question... It is, but George Ford is also playing very well. Yeah, He had a great game of the weekend. But but so but to go back to the question, if if we assume that firstly Farrell's at twelve and and Manny's not available, who's at thirteen? So so it's it's a tough one. So the on form, the best player at the moment is Henry Slade for that position. He had another great outing for Exeter. I I, 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 I don't I think he's he, had his shot. Yeah, but this is the thing. So. In South Africa. But I don't think he was awful, but I don't think he offered what I'd want for more of the 13, like what a JJ can, what a Manu can. For me, but Eddie was Africa, talking he, about... He didn't, even, he didn't even look at any at any point like he was offering anything either. It wasn't like no, I, he, he didn't have great I, I games. Agree. He never really looked like he was going to be causing any problems for the opposition. So I, I am inclined to agree, which is weird, because in the Premiership, he does cause huge problems but Eddie was saying don't forget after tour Eddie was saying how well he thought Henry Slade had done he, Eddie's done that quite a few times though where he'll talk up a player after after a game and then it turns out that player's been dropped or or you know I, I wonder whether part of that is about protecting people that he knows actually haven't done particularly well you know why focus on the guy that's really not done very much I wonder if it's a kind of a, a, a kind of 
comfort blanket or something that he's wrapping around the players. I don't know. It, it could be. It could be. It's, but if we're going on our on our on our opinion rather than what we think Eddie will choose, yeah. So uh, I think you're right. I think I think it's an interesting one because obviously if you're looking at Tuolangi then and and he's not available, do you find a like for like replacement in like a Bentio? Um, and try and make that work. You know, he's a, he's a lion. He's he's definitely a good player. And he's been out for a while, so we haven't seen him in an England shirt for a little while. Or do you go down the JJ route, or perhaps someone different, and and look for that extra playmaker and 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 essentially change your, your tactics? So, and I always get this wrong. Lazowski, Lazowski, whatever. He's played well, and he actually has done a few bits in an England top. Um, so. He's another option at thirteen. So, so I'm going to put this on you first. Who have you got thirteen? It's a bit boring. But I think I'm going JJ. I just think experience trumps anything else. He's not playing at the moment, is he? Because he's injured. No, but the question was assuming everyone else is available. Assuming everyone else is available. How about Elliot Daly? I mean, I, I liked okay, the idea of it. But I don't think we're going to. I don't think we're going to see it. Yeah, but but don't forget, we're going on what we want, not what we think Eddie will do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do like I do like that, but but then I'd have Good at fullback, and then we're getting into the realms of what Eddie would probably see as you know fiction. Um, so I'm I'm now I'm going to go JJ, assuming that he's fit, obviously, um, just because I think that experience is is valuable. Um, but yeah, I would. I'm going to go Elliot Daly. Be upset with Daly, and then Good at fullback. Good at fullback. Uh, yes, good, good. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Elliot Daly at 13. Okay, and then part um, two of the question then was was similar, but but with Manu available, and if yeah. if hypothetically speaking Farrell went to 10, who do you have as the centre partner? And I guess which way round would you have? Would you have Manu at 13? Uh, I, I I have and I have an exact answer to this. I would go if Farrell's at 10. I would go Farrell Eastman Manu. Ooh, I think Kyle Eastman looked good this weekend. Yeah. I think he can also, he plays really flat on the line. He draws defenders. If you've got someone like Eastman drawing those defenders, because he's a danger man himself. Yeah. And then you've got Manu charging. That opens up some gaps. If the people are holding off for Manu, I think Eastman can go through the gaps. So if it was, if it's Farrell at 10, I go Farrell, Eastman, Manu in that like 10, 12, 13 in that order. Interesting. Uh, How about you? I am going to decline to answer uh, because it's all getting too much for me. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, mate. I, 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 I quite like what you're suggesting. getting a bit emotional. I am. It's, it's all getting too much. Um, too too many things that we want to see that we're not seeing. Too many too many unknowns. Um, yeah, and, you've been and, busy and, all week buying me a birthday present. It's just a hectic. It's just hectic. Exactly, exactly. And what do you get for the man who has everything? An empty cardboard box. No oh, thanks. You're welcome. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from that one. Um, I don't think he asked us anything else, did he? He just then commented on so. the fact that he, yeah, he commented on Cipriani's selection and and the fact that Eddie picked him because he wanted to, not because everyone was putting pressure on him. And I think he's absolutely right. Eddie Jones isn't, you know, Eddie Jones almost has a habit of going the other way. If he feels like there's too much pressure for him to do something, it's almost like he does the the exact opposite as if to kind of make a point, like don't tell me what to do. So 100% he selected Cipriani for the right reasons. I know there's been lots of chat about how he doesn't really like Cipriani, he wants Ford, but 
I don't believe that he caved to pressure. Um, and I think Cipriani's doing what he needs to do to keep that position. I think, you know, the way this, this game works, and rightly so, is that if you manage to fight your way in, then it's for the other person to outplay you and you know fight their way back past you again. Um, and yes, George Ford is playing well again for Leicester. But he had I, a cracking game. He had a cracking but, game. But, but so did Cipriani. And, and I think on that yeah. basis, Cipriani retains his spot, in my opinion. I, I agree. I, Cipriani is just too hard to ignore right now. But then we thought that Don Armand before. But I, I think, yeah, I think Cipriani is too hard to ignore right now. Um. So there we Good go. questions. Good, Good questions, Jay. Absolutely. So shall we turn to? It'll probably be a slightly shorter one this week, guys. But shall we turn to the Premiership because it was a pretty interesting weekend again. I mean, I think the first, the first four games or something all resulted in a double bonus point. I.e., both teams scored four tries, which is interesting considering that last week I was chatting about how Northern Hemisphere rugby was less about scoring tries and and bad defence and it seems that um that's exactly what it was this weekend. So so here's here's a question on that. So but looking at those games, the attacks have become really quite they they've become interesting. Do you think it's a case of the defence the sort of the defence strategies aren't keeping up with the attack strategies or do, or do you think it's just the games becoming more open? I think defence. Yeah, I, I think defensively with the way this sort of behind the bat ball, you know, people running at depth, I, I think the defence haven't yet figured out how to deal with that. And it, it is opening up. And with the level of the quality of players we have actually got in the Premiership at the moment in the backs, some just absolute class attackers. I, I think the defence hasn't yet caught up with how to properly sort of marshal this because uh, defences are being found out, but it's happening across the board. It's not, you know, one team's not shooting ahead of the others. Yeah, but it'll be very interesting. It, like, you know, it puts us in. I think, you know, in the past, Northern Southern Hemisphere divide has sort of seen the Southern Hemisphere have have always had a bit of a focus on the attacking rugby, um, and the Northern Hemisphere perhaps a little bit more on the defensive side. And so when when they play, you know, when when the North plays the North or the South plays the South, you see you see these games that are quite kind of level. And when the two come together, it, it it tends to go one way or the other, obviously. <laughs> it's called a result. Yes. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's it's why you see New Zealand, you know, destroy Australia and then have a close victory against England or Ireland, for example, because I think... Or Argentina. Or Argentina, exactly. Because I think, you know, it's, it's those defences that have... That have Caused them a few more problems, um, and I think that the attacking game, when you, when you focus too much on attack, uh, and then a defence starts to kind of work against you, you you kind of like, well, what do we do now? A little bit like we saw yeah. from England in the Six Nations. Uh, you yeah, know, it's, they were reliant on a on a sort of a wicked fast attack, um, which suddenly they weren't able to do anymore because they were being counter-rucked and competed against yeah, they the way that they weren't used ball. to and so they weren't getting that quick ball so they weren't able to you know we knew they could do it if they had the right ball but they weren't getting the right ball um, because teams had cottoned on to what they were doing and, and had come up with a solution to deal with it so I, it, I don't know whether I don't know what I want to see more of I, you know obviously we all want to see tries it, you know, that's one of the best parts of rugby but I like seeing the kind of the complete game you know, I like seeing if England are playing against a side and they're able to shut down their attack. 
It's, I, I like seeing that. What One of the issues now, because you look at the old Saracens versus with uh, Gustard when he was defence coach and the Wolfpack, and they go hunting and put a big press on. The problem is now, if you've got people playing at 10 who can throw 21-metre no-look passes over all the fast press, then... Uh, that, that that sort of takes takes away the uh, takes away it that does. defensive think, option anyway. As amazing as it was to see him doing that, I think we just need to bear in mind that th- those aren't going to work ten times out of ten. You know, no, they're, they're going to fail more often than they succeed, especially the blind passes like that. So we don't want him to get into the habit of doing that kind of thing every every time he gets the ball, and I'm sure he won't. No, he's, no, 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 of course he won't. Um, but as long as he's you know do, doing it and it's resulting in a try. I'm not going to complain too much, um, particularly if he's doing it in an England shirt. But what we don't want to see is the things like that happening and then being intercepted and tries being scored against the run of play. Because that's, that's yeah. particularly in knockout rugby, that can be the difference, can't it? So. And, and the both things we've got to say to Cipriani is both passes been done is with a penalty advantage. Yes. So ev- everyone sort of takes away from that being as good a pass because it's penalty advantage. I, I I think it's the knowledge you know, to it's know smart in, in in, in that, yeah. that split second that I can do this because it doesn't matter if it doesn't go right. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's true. That's very true. So I I think that adds adds value to the pass to to an extent as well. Also, the other thing you've got to look at. Oh my god, watching Manu's try at the weekend when like brushed off some players ran through that just brought back memories. That made me the happiest. That was the happiest bit of the weekend for me. I preferred that to. Sips is a pass. But if you've got fast press defence, and one of the things Saracen actually had is you'd look at their stats and they'd have missed tackles because they were running up so quickly that, that they weren't necessarily making every tackle. But what they were doing is slowing down the play because they might sort of half stop someone. But if you've got, you know, the press coming up that quickly, if you've got Manu at pace, well, you're not thing- slowing him down. No, and I think the thing with Manu, he's so abnormally strong um, oh my you know, God, in, it's in that channel that actually even if they do press he has the ability to kind of pump those legs or those tree trunks and and get through mm. you know and, and break away from from that press defense which suddenly then opens everything up because there's nothing in behind or you know there's one man or whatever so I just think that there's even more reason why we need a player like that in the center to to break up a, a, a rush defense it's mate. Just watching him run through it reminds me of Ben Cooper chasing an ice cream van. He just he will just smash through everything just to get there. And Manu has got it's unbelievable the power he's got. He, I mean, yes, he's huge. Yes, he's massive. But a lot of players are huge and massive. But he just has that extra bit of power that no one else seems to have. Yeah. Well, it's like, I love it's it. like when you look at uh, Billy versus Nathan Hughes. You know. For, for, yeah. There's no reason why Nathan Hughes shouldn't be doing the same kind of damage, but he doesn't. Even, he's, he's even at club more, level, even at club level, you know Nathan Hughes, it's the same thing. You know he picks up the ball, he goes, he goes in hard, and he doesn't really go anywhere. And yeah, he might yeah. he might set the ball back and 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 retain possession for his for his side, but there's no real value of you being at the back of the back of the scrum picking and going if you're not causing problems for the opposition. If they're dealing with you comfortably, then. I don't know. It doesn't work for me then. So, yeah, I, and then it's the same out in the centre. I, yeah, I just think there's that we we need Manu Tuilangi badly um, for the World Cup. We need him to have got through his injury problems. We need him to be get well, not just get back in form. He's getting there already, but you know, just get back to where he was, um, and you know, it'll help. I think just set us back on the right track again. 
Yeah. I, yeah, we've got to, the whole injury thing, like, it is ridiculous to, to you know, second guess when an injury's coming. But because Manu's had so many, yeah. it's almost in your head that you assume it is going to happen. Um, but let, let's, let's pray not, because one of the things I'm liking at the moment, the England boys do seem to be raising their game. It, it's a it's a World Cup year with regards to rugby season year, and they know they have to put in the performance. I mean, England guys are stepping up. Um, Elliot Daly's just his dummy, proper old school, like schoolboy dummy. I absolutely loved it. And then to get through that gap, put on the wheels, score. You, you know, he's shown that bit of class with his hands. Uh, Henry Slade was actually really quality at the weekend and also he he didn't gas daily but i didn't realize how quick henry slade was uh well, once he got through the gap he wasn't being caught um he's no. got a bit more he's got a bit more gas to him than i realized i, I mean you're 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 fighting for a man who i just think has has you know whether or not uh eddie feels the same way i just think he's had his shot and he didn't take it and i just think it's but he's so handsome. I want him involved. He's so competitive. Um, I just think you can't afford to not take your chance when it's given to you. And uh, it's not—it's not, it's not yes. like he had a one-off game. It's not like you know he was called up at the last minute for a one-off game. I mean, he went on tour um, and didn't manage to didn't manage to e- even have any real moments that made you go, "Oh, hello," you know. No, I, I know something and, here. And I just think if you with that much with that much of an opportunity to not deliver. Um, I, you know, I think it's reasonable to say, "Oh, actually, you've had your shot, and you didn't take it." And there are other players who who need to get their chance. I don't think Eddie's ready to say that. Though. I, I'd love to know where Eddie's head is. That was so like where it genuinely is. That yeah. Well, I suppose. I mean, ultimately, it might be irrelevant because if Manu is fit, we're fairly confident from things Eddie said in the past that Manu is his man. Um, albeit he hasn't been involved yet, but um, he was in the yeah, he was at the training camp, wasn't he? Or was he Who? Slady? Manu. Manu. Uh, d- 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 he, w- he wasn't at the, l- at the one go, in Teddington. Didn't he go along the beginning but, of the season, but he wasn't non-playing Slady. because he was still recovering or something? No? Maybe, um, not. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm huh. wrong. It'll be interesting to see whether or not he's in the next one. Hopefully he will because, uh, yeah. Who he is, what Eddie thinks of him and the fact that he's getting back into form is exciting for English rugby. Okay. Yeah, agreed. So to change to change it a bit, move from the backs to the forwards. Move from the uh, from the you know good looking fellas to the fatties. Um, Brad Shields has uh, had an injury. Looks like I I, th- I can't remember what it is. Broken eye socket is it or something? Cheek, cheekbone. Fractured, fractured cheekbone. Yeah. Um, does that open the way from for my of suggestion of Billy at eight, Sam Simmons at six, and then seven, be it a uh, Tom Curry. Um, I, mean, I, w- I would Sam love to see. Him. I'd love to see Simmons at six. I yeah. For, for some reason, Eddie has has made it quite clear that he sees Sam Simmons as an eight, which I don't really understand because it's he's so. Di- I mean, unless it's unless it's a bit like the scrum half debate, you know, he, he wants a very different person on the bench. To cover eight, so you've got a Billy. But if for some, I just don't see why you'd ever take Billy off unless he's injured, though. But but then Samson can just move over to eight if he's playing at six. Uh, I, I really, but I, what I mean is, if he's if he's saying to Sam Simmons, I want you to go and basically train to to be an eight, 
build yourself suitably to be the type of eight that I want you to be. You know, I just don't see him then. I, I just think we'd have seen him in the six shirt. I want to see it. Um, but for some reason, Eddie doesn't seem to see it that way. So I would love to see that happen, but I, I'm not convinced it will. No, you might be right. How's Robshaw playing? I haven't really sort of heard either way mm, about him. Quinn, I haven't well, really Quinn's watched been him a bit closely. mixed. Um, yeah, you know they obviously had a had a big win in the opening weekend, but it was it, I don't think they saw it as a particularly great performance, and then they narrowly lost in a much better performance um, last weekend. Um, I think you know Robshaw does what Robshaw does. He's he's a he's a solid player. I don't think he's I don't think he's wowing people, but you know I, it's a difficult one with him. I just he's another one where I feel like you know his time is running out. We've said it before. I know he had a good a good tour, or certainly at times. But um, yeah, I've, I I don't I, I just think there are better there are better options. Yeah, no, I agree. He's he's there, and he can always do a job if needed. Um, that, that that sounds like I'm dismissing him. I'm not dismissing him. He's been a great servant to English rugby, but I'm dismissing him. <laughs> um, so. But that'll be interesting to see what happens at that back row. I heard Brian Moore the other day say, along the lines of basically saying we don't really have options at seven. I disagree. I think Underhill's playing well. I think Sam Simmons, um, not Sam Simmons, I think Underhill's playing well. I think Tom the Curry, Curry boys. Yeah. Both Curry boys. I mean, Tom Curry didn't play this previous weekend because he had had um, I, I, uh, concussion. But from what I understand, he should be back this coming weekend. Okay. Um, and who else was I thinking about seven? Who now I've completely lost from my head. Uh, Matt Kvesic. Oh yeah, you've been talking a lot about him. I have been talking a lot about him. I've been talking a lot about him for a long time. Um, so I think we've got options at seven. Is Eddie talking about him? Do you think? I don't. You don't. Simple as that. Boom. Yeah. I do not. Think I don't think he's talking about him. Uh, well, in that but case, I'll, I'll have a chat. I'll have a word. You should do. You should do. Uh, I will do. Don Armand, is he six or seven? Uh, Don, Don Armand's not your traditional seven. I, I don't think Don Armand's. I mean, he could have Eddie. He's not your traditional flanker. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what what Eddie wants from, from Don Armand. I, I I don't know what else Don Armand can do. I don't think Don Armand's going to do anything he hasn't done. To suddenly get elevated to the England no, and, team, and he's he said that himself, you know, it, it, and I guess rightly so. It's his career first, and and you know he does what he does for his club, and it works, and they they like the way he yeah. does it. So it kind of becomes a question of saying, well, look, if what I do is right for England, amazing. If it's not, do I want to try and completely change it in order to get in a in a team in a relative in a pretty competitive position where it's not guaranteed, and then potentially have a negative impact on my Club career, probably not. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but it's. I think. I think. Yeah, Eddie's made it quite clear where he stands on this one, and I think it's a bit like Alex Good. I think it's uh, a bit of a done deal now. Yes, it, it, it looks. It looks like a long way back for Don Armand to be, to be there, but it's a long season. Um, there will be injuries. Um, there will be players. That, so he's. Here's the part, and this sort of feeds into another area, and this is something I bring up a lot. Teams who are playing well, does that give their players an advantage? I think so. Exeter, 
look on fire. They look like a really good team. They are, Top two are going to be Saracens extra again. I'd be amazed if it's anything else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're playing for extra, playing well, that does give you a better chance to showcase yourself. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no question if you're, if you're performing well. But I suppose the thing is, is that for, you know, every team, if you're playing for a team that's beating everyone except Exeter and Saracens, I think you're being given a pretty good platform there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what um, I mean? So, so I think that's key. I, I feel sorry for for people like Ben Teo, who are kind of you know lone wolves in terms of trying to impress. You know how much attention is Eddie Jones giving to teams where there aren't many of his potential players involved, um, compared to the likes of Saracens and Exeter, where you can see a whole a whole handful of them all you know all on the pitch together, and and seeing them work together as well. You know, there's got to be a, yeah. an advantage there. Whereas in Ben Teo's case, it's very much kind of what's he going to do on his own? Well, you know, as we know, it's a team game. You can only do so much on your own. Yeah, you can have moments of genius, but they're not going to they're not going to win your caps alone. So, you know, he's got a tough a tough road ahead, but he's been doing it for a while, and he's obviously made you know in in doing so, he has made it into the England side. He has become a lion, so it's it's by no means um, not not possible. But yeah. As, as you say, a massive advantage to be performing well. Um, but, you know, everyone just has to keep their heads down and, and work hard and hope and trust that, um, you know, the best the best 23 will will out. But, uh, I mean, speaking of that, um, Northampton, what are we thinking about, you know, Laws and um, Hart, Hartley? Well, I mean, Northampton had a good win against Harlequins, obviously. Um I don't know. I mean, Hartley's not even starting for them yet, but maybe that he did look good when he came on, and that could just be because he's been out for so long. They're easing him back in because I could. I would imagine he's a better player. Is he club captain? Uh, he's along those lines. He may even be team captain. I'm not sure, but but Hartley, I, I don't think he's got much to prove from that. No one has made that hooker position their own yet. No. Um, so which. The other guys, look, they they had the chance to do that when Hartley was injured, and they and they haven't. So that's that's open. And, and as we've said it. now on on numerous occasions, you know, England definitely lacked his leadership. Um, yes, they, did. So, they did. You know, with the, the, I think there was a question, you know, some time ago now about you know, when we were looking at Hartley, and there was lots of chatter about getting rid of him, and people saying, you know, how much value can you add for the for the leadership side of what he brings to the table? And I think, you know, I know we said it. We've said it lots, but that tour highlights to me that it's more important than perhaps people initially gave it credit for. Um, and so, if he's yeah. if he's on form as well, I just see him as a shoo-in. Well, yeah, especially and his line-out throwing. I still, in my head, have Luke Cowan Dickey as the best plane hooker at the moment, but. Things can change. I mean, I don't think any of the hookers have been incredible for the start of the season, but I think they've all been solid from what I've seen. Um, so, so you mentioned that uh, with regards to some Northampton. Let's have a look at the Premiership as a whole. So, obviously, <clears throat> there was chat this week about, um, I, I can't remember the name of them, but coming in to buy a 51% stake in the Premiership. Uh, the Premiership has said they don't want to give away a majority stake. All that business side, so be it. 
I see value in it because it sort of resets the clubs financially. But I'm actually going to something slightly different with this. Looking at the Pro 14 in Ireland, central contracts. Are we missing a trick here? Or do we... So you look at Leinster and the likes of Johnny Sexton, Sean O'Brien haven't played. I mean, they're well-rested. They will be fit as you like for the Ireland games. But then it takes away something from... It does take away something from a Pro 14 and Leinster as a whole. Yeah, and, uh, and and match fitness. Yeah, well, match fitness, but the, the problem, the thing is, come the Island Games, they're still training hard, and then they'll be given a, a few run-out matches to run out and get their match fitness. So, in theory, they will be absolutely buzzing come the Island Games. Yeah. Because Ireland's managing it very well. I don't know. Is, is and, there, I mean, it's hard to argue because of the results that Ireland have had recently. Um, but I just, I won, I, I worry that, that if you do something like that and, and you say, oh, I'll give them some runouts to get a bit of match fitness, but ultimately resting, it, it sounds a bit American football, doesn't it? It's sort of more focus on resting players and just utilising them for the, you know, at, at rare on rare occasion. I, I want to see that our, our kind of stars in action in the big games week in, week out. To. Um, I don't want to only see them put on, on an England shirt, and I also feel like it's 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 pretty tough on the guys who are fighting for a position. You know, if, if Johnny Sexton's that's, never playing, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. If Johnny <clears throat> Sexton's never playing because they're resting him for Ireland, and you're a, a fly half who has ambitions to become Ireland's next fly half, are you not just constantly feeling like, well, no one can even compare me to him because they've already decided he's the guy, and they're not even going to play him. So as keep you know, so as to keep him fit. So they're going to play me constantly, and then say that I'm, you know, I'm too tired. I don't know. I just feel like the the, the competition goes away within within so, the group. So could could that be a downfall of the English thing? Like like perversely that we have a bigger player pool, we have more competition for places that it wouldn't work. Could that like exactly like you say in, in Ireland because there's probably less choices for each position. It might work a bit better, whereas it wouldn't with England. So, I guess simple, simple question, sort of yes or no: Would you want the English team to be centrally contracted? No. Uh, okay. Would you? Would so, you? Uh, yes. Okay. But all the points you have made, I like. Why I'd like them centrally contracted. It's purely to manage their amount of games. At the moment, I just think they're playing too many games. I wouldn't want it to be like the Irish, like the uh, Irish model, where do you know what I'd like? I think in Wales it's sixty forty. So the WRU pays sixty percent, and the clubs pay forty percent. What I'd like is to see forty sixty. So the clubs still have kind of a, the a, majority a, say. Yeah. So the clubs pay 60% of their wages. England pay 40% of their wages. So the clubs still have a majority say. So they're still having to play a bit. But England can still say, OK, look, we still pay 40%. I want them rested a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the problem becomes, you know, who 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 ultimately makes the call. Because <coughs> if England is saying, well, I want them rested a bit more, they can do that now. Uh, but if the but clubs, they can't. As, as a 60% ultimate... shareholder have the ultimate right to say no we're making that decision that we're not going to rest them more because we need them for whatever it is we're doing at club level. Yeah, but 
the difference now is the clubs can say no, you're doing that. Whereas in future, if it's like if the clubs say no, England like all right, we won't pay forty percent of their wages, and your wage bill is now considerably higher. So yeah. guys, yeah, if you're listening, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this actually, because <clears throat> as you can probably tell, Andy and I do not have the solution. No. I mean, yeah, no, we don't. We don't have this. True, it's, it's rare that we don't have the solution. I, I know, mate. Norm, normally, we know everything about everything, but uh, for some reason, this one we don't seem to know. I'm sure we'll come up with a theory by next week. Yeah, of course. Some, yeah, some diverse theory which will include George Ford's cousins and dodgy policemen in Jersey and stuff. But I'm sure we'll come up with something. Exactly. Exactly. Well, have you got anything else that you wanted to go through today? Because I think otherwise, no. I think I think I think I think today that's covered uh, covered the main points. Covered everything that's going on. We don't want to go into too much about the Premiership because we've made a point of saying that's not what we're here to do. So I think uh, yeah, we've we've picked out a few key points. We've discussed those, and hopefully you guys are satisfied for another week. Um, as always, uh, we call on you to rate us and review us on iTunes. Um, give us the old five star rating they're always nice to to see and um and yeah get in touch either through your reviews or you can email us uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com um, you can get in touch with us on social media at englandrugbypod uh, and, uh, and and keep tuning in share spread the love amongst your friends let them know what's yeah going on. But yeah guys it's my it's my birthday tomorrow it's a birthday present if you haven't, or if you've got the ability, please can you all give me five star rating on iTunes. That would be a lovely birthday present. Oh, nice! I can do that, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. I appreciate. It. No, 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 <laughs> nice. Oh, very close, very close, my friend. No, I'm afraid you're held to you're held to higher uh, higher standards. expectations. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, Not guys... higher standards, higher expectations. Okay, expectations. <laughs> on that note, guys, uh, thank you again for listening, and uh, join us again next week. Cheers, guys.